0: Hello to Tāne or Tutane, no Maifaka Hoki Maiki to kona ipu rangi nei a Tutane. Pai ki te Hoki Maiki teiri teira, koti te kopeka tuarua, wahanga tuarua. Hello to the becoming Tāne family. Glad that you could all come back. This is season two, episode six. This is the podcast where some guys get to share their stories while other guys get to learn and apply some of life's lessons into their own lives. In this episode, we'll be talking with Vance McPhee. Vance shares some amazing experiences and some very sound advice. I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast today. You can listen to all our previous episodes and our future episodes by subscribing to the podcast. I first met Vance as a 10-year-old at Malville Intermediate here in Hamilton. We've known each other for a very long time. We've gone our separate ways, but I'm really interested in his story and look forward to what I can learn from his experiences. As always, before we talk to him, let me share some background information about him with you today. Vance was born in Umu, but after his mum and dad split, he moved with his mum to Hamilton around the age of five to live with Fano there. He has three brothers and one sister. Vance attended Richmond Park Primary School, Melville Intermediate, Melville High School, and did his final two years at Henderson High School. Over the years, he's had a variety of different jobs, beginning with film editing working at Aotearoa Television Network, being a carer at Direct Care Resources in the Gold Coast, being a mentor at Genesis Youth Trust, he's been a content producer at Indigo, a global design and innovation company, and currently he's working with Manaki, and he's been there for over a year. Vance is married to Jasmine and combined they have five kids Eden, Geo, Tota, uh, Brian, and Asher. They also have two more, Brianna and Kyla. Today's question on Street Talk is, "What is well-being?"
1: Again, happy, healthy, fit, and just yeah, good state of mind, and I think that's that's really important. And so then you can be there for your family, or the people that you love, and do what you love doing. And
2: uh, well-being, I suppose you know your mind, souls, and your physical body, just keeping it up or to the same level that, you know, where you can feel always positive about yourself and just generally just being happy.
1: Well-being to me means
0: being balanced. Using the indigenous whare model and ensuring that those four areas, the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, the mental, all those aspects there are balanced to ensure that you are able to live a healthy life.: I suppose well-being is ultimately having the, the good balance in, in life, be it your whanau, your love life, your health, you know all the things that make
1: you the individual happy.
0: You've heard how these guys define well-being. What does well-being mean to you? Kia ora vance, thanks for joining me on the Becoming Tiny podcast. I'm looking forward to sharing your story with our listeners today
1: thanks for having me up this is um, this is really awesome man, so thanks, thanks for having me.
0: Vance, I believe we are who we are because of life's experiences. So Vance, what two experiences in your life has had the greatest impact on you?
1: Well, I suppose in my later years, the greatest impact was uh, getting married to my wife Jasmine. The reason why I say that's had the greatest impact is sometimes when you're a a young man, you're not really a man. Sometimes it takes a good woman to bring that man through. And in my marriage, there were a few character flaws I needed ironing out, a few things I needed to do and, and, and practice as a man that was taught to me by my wife that made me the man I am today because my my father wasn't the ideal father. He was a bit of an adulterer and stuff and, you know, had a few girlfriends here and there and just had a whole sort of like different moral compass to my wife's where she's, you know, her family's quite straight and narrow. So I would saying being married to this woman um, was probably, yeah, one of the biggest impacts on my life on that side of the scale. Um, I suppose the other thing was, just to give you a bit of background, um, my father, he ran hotels for Lime breweries and stuff, and we were actually living the high life in hotels. So, you know, we're um, living uh, in like four to five star hotel rooms and eating breakfast, lunch, and dinners in, in the restaurant where we were. And, you know, it was, a, it was a really awesome lifestyle, but when my parents divorced, when I was uh, Five or six. All of a sudden, we landed back in Hamilton with her sister, ten other kids, and that was like Brooklyn Zoo. Bro. That was like something else. Uh, was a stark contrast from what the life, you know, our lifestyle that we've been living into this uh, realm of poverty, so to speak. Because it was the first time I sat down and had breakfast with the rest of the kids. And as soon as you know, Auntie said, "Okay, you can eat." It was like a competition, like a brawl for all getting to the food. And I was just sitting there, like, "What the heck?" And that probably had a big impact on me as well. And um, that's when I like had to do things in survival mode. At a young age, I was like, "Man, if I don't compete for this food, I ain't gonna get any." So I was learning how to survive. And what the effect had in my life was. It became part of my grind through life just to just to get by, really.
0: When your parents divorced, did you know what was happening and how did you take that?
1: No, I just thought we were, I was going on holiday with mum. Uh, my older brother, Pat, he's two and a half years old. He knew what was happening. and um, But no, I just thought I was told we were just going on holiday. That was one long-ass holiday. <laughs> I was like... Mom when, when, when's this holiday? when we going home and stuff, you know, asking those sorts of questions as a kid, so you know, I was none the wiser, and I'm just easy going, and you know I just rolled with it.
0: Was your dad in your life after your parents split?
1: Man, I think I may have seen him once, within a year after the separation. I picked my brother up from school, but once we were settled in our own house, it was more regular. The school holiday thing was more regular. You know, and because he was still managing hotels, like our our school holidays were going to go and work in the kitchen, make some money at a young age, and um do that sort of thing. and I suppose at the same time, though he wasn't the ideal dad, he was teaching us work ethic from an early age, you know, so yeah, I appreciate his teachings of work ethic.
0: When you were living with your mum and aunt in Hamilton, did you have any role models in your life?
1: Yeah, after a couple of years, mum met this awesome guy named uh, John Manawaiti. And how he was a role model to me was that not only was a good guy, but he was the third darn black belt in Goji Kai Karate. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool having like a Kung Fu expert as my mum's um, boyfriend. We're still together after like 30-something years now. And um, yeah, he's a top guy. So he was a he, he was a good role model in my life as well.
0: How was your relationship with John?
1: It's always been good. You know, he let me use his tools, <laughs> you know, to fix my bike. And he would help, like, um, I don't know, sometimes fix my bike. I knew at one time I was screaming around when we moved out to Fada Fada in the paddock with the car and I hit a rock and, you know, it ripped off a muffler and he was just like, didn't say anything, just like, you know, put it back on and stuff. So he's he's a quiet guy, but he's very loving
0: besides John was there anyone else that has had a big impact on you
1: probably for about the last 16 years uh, I had I have been attending uh, destiny Church and having Brian Tamaki as a pastor and stuff like that for what it's worth I know Christianity and preaching to the world may come across sort of like um, a bit airy fairy but in so at like God's word, there's a lot of good practical stuff, you know, good moral compass stuff that you can um, learn and apply to your own life. Because, um, yeah, in terms of practicality, because sometimes religion can get more airy fairy if you take it back to practical use and um, stuff like that, you can not only follow a good path, but also for your kids, you know. Give them a set of morals and values to live by. It's just a good foundation. No matter where they may go in life, they may go for a bit of a tiki tour and go out do this, do that. We always have that foundation. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Tamaki has been a a good role model for myself as well. The past sixteen years, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Recently, your father went through a tough time with your wife's health. What got you through that experience?
1: Well, um, so it's been almost two years to the date where um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I'll just give a little update. She had the mastectomy, so she had her breast removed. They put an expander in. Um, she's been through chemo. She's been through radiation. A few months ago, she had her um, first reconstruction where they just um, started to rebuild the breast They had to remove and... She's got another reconstruction coming up in a couple of months, and that will just finish everything off. And what she actually ends up with is a tummy tuck and a, a boob job. So, <laughs> winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I just want to be like, God, what, was, what got us through, okay? So, But in saying that, because we're only human, you can have like 100% faith that everything's going to be all right. That our human side is always that thing in the back of your mind saying, "Oh, what if this? What if that?" You know. As soon as I found out that um, my wife was diagnosed with cancer, that she did have cancer, what goes through your mind is like you start, like, oh, you start thinking about funeral arrangements and stuff like that. You know. Even though you know God is your rock, as human, your human side, you still that those things still go through your mind, and you still have that same amount of worry in the back of your mind that, oh, what if this treatment doesn't work, or what if that doesn't, you know, work out the way it is? You still go through those human emotions, but you know that with God as your backstop, not your crutch, but as your power, that um, you just know that everything's going to be all right.
0: Did you implement anything to help you address those negative human emotions? or negative self-talk?
1: No, because I, I, I carried it, you know. I carried it on my shoulders um, and just put on a brave face because that was my way of dealing with it. I feel for a lot of people's, um, a lot of patients, our partners, husbands and wives, it's a, um, it's a surreal sort of thing, you know when you, your, When your wife or husband's going through it or a child it's it's a bit surreal, and people have all have different ways from what I've found of um like dealing with it, going through the process of everything.
0: What does carried it mean
1: It's like um here's my wife's cancer situation. um just pretend it's a backpack, okay I'm gonna be the part owner of that I'm going to share that burden I'm going to strap it to my back and I'm gonna hike beside her and we're gonna do it together.
0: Previously, we spoke to one of a Men Movement's core leaders, Richie Ormsby, and he spoke to us about their walks and their workshops. Today, he's going to tell us a little bit about their online program.
2: So they're called King Warrior and Queen Warrior. And King and Queen Warrior, both for men and for women, are designed to help align or realign mind, body and soul um, it's to help people move forward. So we have the walks and workshops to help people deal with where they're at right now and how they got there. And then the programs, the online programs, the coaching programs that are also facilitated are designed to take people forward um, and come from a place of abundance and h- help to develop them as people. And we know that if we can help people transform and become better versions of themselves, then they become better at everything else. Better fathers, better mothers, better brothers, better sisters, better friends—just better humans and better people in our community. So that's ultimately what our what our goal is, and where our where our focus is as a as an organisation. So those programs take people on a, a journey as well of self discovery, and it's designed to really peel back a whole lot of layers. It's really where people start to get really real with themselves and really self discover and find out what they truly want, and hopefully realise their potential. Other than that, we also have a Facebook page, Amend, and also an Insta- Instagram page, also which is uh, Amend a Movement. Hopefully, that's given you a bit of insight to who we are, and we look to and we're excited to continue to grow uh, within this community, and hopefully continue to provide value and improve improve families and improve people's people's lives. So, thanks so much for listening, and uh, I'll finish with our pillars of life: uh, to be kind to be conscious and to be love thank you all for listening love you all
0: thank you again richie for sharing some information about your online program again you can find more information about the Amen movement by going to their website which is www.amendmovement.com or you can search for them on instagram and facebook Welcome back to the Becoming Tāne podcast Today we're talking with Vance McPhee Vance, I believe that each of us is born with a superpower I define a superpower as The things that make you, you It is those skills, attributes, talents That people remember about you It is your secret source. So Vance what is your superpower, or what is your superpowers?
1: I think my superpower, superpowers, that um, I'm a great encourager. I'll back up a person. I'll um, lend them a hand. I'll um, give them a rev up. But even when you know I've I've had a few young men in their late twenties, uh, early thirties boarding with us, you know I've. I've had to give them a rev up sometimes, but it's in a loving and an encouraging way, you know, where they haven't taken offense. (laughs) They get it and, um, yeah, they happily learn something and carry on with their their lives after learning it. But, yeah, encouraging. I'm part of the uh, boot camp um, with Monty Beefham, full Monty boot camp every Monday, Wednesday, um, Friday. If he's not yelling orders, I'm there telling everyone to, come on, get up that hill. One more, one more, you know, that sort of thing. And and on the softer side, I love just complimenting my boys, my younger boys and their gifts and talents. Like one's really into um, making displays of his little Marvel characters and making sort of like planets, uh, surfaces that he paints and stuff. And I love encouraging, you know, and bringing out that side of them, that artistic side. And the other guy's into... He's a real titu. Takes things apart and finds screws and bits of this here and everywhere. But um, I realise like that's a gift and talent that he's going to have in the future. With you know whether it's um, tech or hardware or um, stuff like that. So I like encouraging the kids with their gifts and talents as well. So that's the main one, bro. As if just being a good guy is a good human is one. Then yeah, that's the other one, bro. Vance,
0: this is what your significant other jazz what she told me about your superpowers she actually gave me three superpowers for you Vance and number one you have the most beautiful heart number two you are a loyal person and number three you are a patient person let me explain each one of these for number one although Vance may look like a big scary guy to some he's actually quite the opposite He is an amazing man with one of the most beautiful hearts. Vance, your ability to love others is incredible. When you love someone, you really give your all to them. To those that you love, you are so affectionate and compassionate towards them. An example of this was when you and your wife got together, you absolutely loved her two kids as your own. Number two, you are a loyal person. You are loyal to those you care about and the things you care about. You will often go over and above what is asked of you. And finally, number three, you are so patient with people, and especially with your wife. They say opposites attract, and you both are evidence of this. Lance, what do you think of this description?
1: Yeah, I would say that is, I think about the loyalty, patience. Yeah, I think she's gotten on the, bang the nail on the head. Yeah, she's, nah, she knows me the best. So yeah, what she said, she's right. Yeah. In terms of patience, it's just when the kids don't do their domestic chores, I lose a bit of patience. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. <every> day,
0: <laughs> For some men, how they view themselves is different to how others view them. Is this correct?
1: Yeah, all the time. Yep. All
0: the time. Why is there such a difference?
1: I think sometimes um, some of our characteristics and the things we carry out are more so like on autopilot, but uh, actual makeup of ourselves that we don't go out of a way to do, we just do automatically. Yeah. And then um, say if um, my wife has said all those things and then um, I'm on autopilot just doing it, but then when it comes to say I'm at my fitness camp and yelling yelling at people to you know get going or encouraging them, I'm, I'm actually purposefully doing that. And when I'm constantly doing that, that may seem that's the only thing I'm doing.
0: I think sometimes that as men, we have a public persona and a private persona, and sometimes they don't match. Has this been a problem at all for you? Or in your opinion, do you believe that your public and private personas match?
1: For me, also, and my wife, what you see Is what you get. The only thing you're going to see that's different in any setting is um, whether I'm on my best behavior or not.
0: I get that I'm often told to behave, um, especially when I'm around my mates. Besides that, I'm continually trying to work on my public and private persona because to many, they might see me as this nice, happy guy, and that's my public persona. But then I think my kids, they see my private persona and my private persona unfortunately they don't get to see the nice happy guy they see the grumpy guy more is this an issue for you
1: yeah yeah me too yeah yeah yeah, something i'm working on and it's not that you're actually yelling you're just talking loudly
0: Just reminding you about our t-shirts that are now for sale. You can go to our website, which is www.becomingtani.men and on our merchandise tab is where you can access our t-shirts that are now for sale. Now, last week I told you about a couple of t-shirts that we're selling on there. I've got a couple more t-shirts that I'd like to um, highlight for you this week the t-shirts that i'm highlighting is our growing great guys t-shirt we have that t-shirt in black white and gray and then the other t-shirt that i like to highlight this week is our g3 t-shirt so that is our g3 t-shirt which is just the three g's for growing great guys and that t-shirt is also in black white and gray there are a number of sizes you can get so please uh purchase a t-shirt to support uh, me developing content for the becoming Tiny podcast and for other content that we're looking to uh, share with everyone uh, this year so thank you for support once again go out and buy your t-shirt growing great guys t-shirt and our g3 t-shirt kilda No my fucker. hooky Mikey to Kornai nei to Tane. Welcome back to the Becoming Tane Podcast. Vance, I believe that life can be one of our greatest teachers. So with this being said, Vance, what has life taught you so far?
1: There's really only one thing for me, and that's never quit. Never quit, because you don't know around like any corner could be your next journey and the next door opening. Never quit. That's the main thing, bro never, never quit.
0: Is there any experience that comes to mind when you speak of never quitting?:
1: It's just that um like I'm quite a late bloomer, so I've spent a lot of time floundering around and um, having a lot of um, failure and it's just like do want to quit sometimes but you've just got to hang in there and just never quit i just want to touch on something also about um, suicide Um, one of my nephews in australia about three months ago he committed suicide when I, i calculated stuff like okay That's the maybe the 20 something person I've known or know of that's committed suicide. And then I I took the year of the number of years that I've actually lived, which is 45, and and divided that by um, the people I know or know of that have committed suicide. And it worked out to like every 1.8 years of my life, someone's taking their own life. And that's staggering that's absolutely mind-blowing but uh if anyone if they could i know it's you go into a deep dark place and depression that can lead to suicide and stuff but easy to say if you if only they just didn't quit you know if they could have seen something around the corner or, or, or glimmer or a light of hope and um also that's where never quit comes from because you just wish in your heart of hearts that you know they just might have You know, stuck it on through for just that little bit more. You know, just to just because life was a journey, man. We were never supposed to cut short ourselves. You know, all the heartache, all the pain, all the stuff. That's all part of your life's whole development. You know, that's why it's called life, and 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 you can only live it right through to see. You know how actually how actually good it was, but if we. Our young men or, you know, men are cutting our lives short. Man, we're not seeing the whole picture, eh, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, never quit, man. That's the main thing, never quit, no matter what.
0: If the listeners of the podcast were to take one message from our cordial today, what message would you hope that they took away with them?
1: Like I covered never quit. Another one would be, man, just be yourself. And that if you're a person who is, who's whose yes is yes and no is no, um, you'll live a lot more harmonious life. Because when you say yes to something, that's cool. You, you're happy. Everyone else is happy. And that happens. But if you say no, that can, you know, sometimes cause some division and some upset. You know, whether it's within the family or your work or whatever. Um, but your no is no. Okay, because if you're always in between, you're indecisive sort of like person. But if you're no, people know it's no. And don't you take that on because they'll find another way of getting whatever they have to get done. So let your yes be yes and your no be no. And don't flounder around in the middle.
0: This question is based on the name of the podcast. The name of the podcast is called Becoming Tani. And I purposely named it after Tāne for two reasons. The first reason, it's named after Tāne Mahuta because of his desire to learn and grow. And it's also named after Tāne because the Māori translation for the word Tāne is man, male or husband. So in your opinion, what does it mean to become a man?
1: Okay, um, I think like first off, you're not born a man you're born a male okay there's certain things in life in the journey that you become a man and everyone has a different milestone and stage and whatever you do to get there but yeah being a man becoming a man is certainly a journey you're not born a man you're born a male so yeah
0: you mentioned the advance- that there are certain stages in your life that will help you become a man. What are those stages?
1: I think it's, the, um, it's actually in the, it's not all the good things in life and stages, all the good things that happen that make you a man, but when you're faced with a challenge, when you're in the fire, how you deal with that situation and come out of it and, um, and learn from it, those certain points in your life and you'll face many, um, contribute to becoming a man. It's when you're in the fire where you'll become a man.
0: In the fire. Can you share an experience you've had when you've been in the fire?
1: For me, a major thing, my journey to being a man was to stop being a people pleaser for everyone because it was messing with me, you know? The guy, the happy guy always saying yes to everything, you know, not wanting to be there any confrontation, no, 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 people wanting to like you. Once you stop being a people pleaser, that, however, transcends into restoring a bit of your mana to yourself, because saying no takes a bit of mana, and when you start practicing that, saying no, or whatever you've got to those times where you're just building yourself up gradually. You keep on repeating it, yeah. Again, that transitions you into your manhood.
0: Namahi ki a, I ke, a I tēnē rā. ke te pirangi au I ako mai te kōreroa, Vance. Thank you for listening to us today. I hope you learned something from Vance's story today. Please tell your friends about the podcast and let them know that they can listen or download the podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio and YouTube. We can be contacted by email or Facebook and Instagram. Our email is becomingtane at gmail.com, that is becomingtane at gmail.com. Our Facebook and Instagram handle is at Becoming Tāne and our website is www.becomingtāne.men So to finish off with, time to pay some people some respect. Firstly, to Vance today for sharing your kōrero with us, to Kano Sadler for the music for our podcast, to Aaron and Marek Moike for your editing skills, and to my whānau, my wife and kids for putting up with grumpy papa day in and day out. I love you. Hey Atira Wiki. Until next week, Haritsuatsu tuatu hoki tu mai mo Go well and return and go.